Welcome back to The Short Game, the show where we discuss short video games, the kind that you can complete in a uh, weekend or um, a Mountain Dew-fueled single-strike binge. Um, I'm Shane (laughs) Kelly, and I'm here joined by my brother, Reagan, and our co-host, Nate Heinegger. How you guys doing? I'm really good. How long... How long have you been uh, playing in that one? Oh, it, that's right off the dome, my brother. <laughs> right off the dome. So, um, guys, we're here to this week to discuss to discuss uh, a video game. I'm not even going to go back. We're going to blaze right through this. But you've got time powers. You can go back. Uh, <laughs> if there's anything guess, we learn. We're going to go back and edit this show heavily uh, with our time powers. I'm here to discuss Super Time Force Ultra, a side-scrolling action shooter that is available now for Xbox uh, and for the PlayStation 4 and for your personal computer. Uh, And you should go and get it because the verdict is in. It's a badass game. And and don't forget the PlayStation Vita. What's that? It's on the Ouya? No, the Vita. I know everyone forgets that the PlayStation Vita exists. It does. (laughs) This game is There are dozens. There are dozens of owners of PlayStation Vitas. (laughs) Dozens of owners. Um, and not all of us exclusively play like um, titillating anime games. Some of us play, you know, indie action shooters. Well, Reagan, you can play your play your you know uh, Japan made panty raid video uh, <laughs> video game, and I'll I'll be playing Super Time Force Ultra by Capybara Games. Reagan's been yelling that at anyone that will listen for the last uh, two years straight. So. I describe the game basically as a side-scrolling action shooter, but uh, the key thing to this game, um, if you've experienced other side-scrolling action shooters like Contra or uh, what's that super awesome one for the Genesis when we were kids, Reagan? Gunstar Heroes. Yeah, so if you've played a Contra game or a Gunstar Heroes game, then you know mechanically what this game is like, but of course it is a cool game because of the time powers that we mentioned earlier. The reason we're talking about this right now is that it's gone through a number of versions. The game came out originally for the Xbox 360 in 2014, so it's not a brand new game. Um, But Super Time Force Ultra, a sort of updated and expanded version, uh, came out on Steam in uh, also in 2014, but only just recently the game came out on PlayStation 4 and PS Vita, and it launched as part of the PS Plus program, so um, a lot of folks got their first chance to experience this game, and uh, along with that launch, so uh, that's where I first played it. I had really this game wasn't really on my radar uh, before it was thrust onto my console by uh, Sony. Yeah, and uh, yes, its acronym is STFU, which is basically wearing its humor style on its sleeve. Yes, it's a very funny game, humor-wise. It's got a lot of um, it's got funny writing. It's very irreverent. The characters are very weird, particularly like uh, Sergeant Rapitsky. Or is it Sergeant? The commander? He's very weird and funny. And commander Rapitsky. And yeah, it has a great sort of sense of of playing with this, you know, time setting in that the each level takes place in a different era. All of the characters are wildly different and from strange different eras. You know, you... You've got futuristic characters, and you've got a dinosaur who rides a skateboard, and you've yeah, there's got something everything like, in between. Uh, there's over 16 different characters. Uh, I think there's more in the Super Time Force Ultra version. I don't know how many characters I unlocked, but uh, uh, there's some some awesome characters to unlock as you play through the game, and even some secret ones. 
Um, my favorite was one that you start with, uh, Shieldy Blockerson. Oh man, I'm a that was like my go to uh, character for most things. Um, can I tell you my favorite? Like, I know we're gonna get into the jokes and stuff a little bit deeper. Just right off the bat, I have to tell you my favorite joke. I just have to get it <laughs> off my chest. Is there is a character who has in the present time he has a single eye patch, and then his future self comes back and talks to him, and he just has two eye patches. And I don't know why that is so funny to me, but they like crisscross across his head to where he has two perfect eye patches. And I just, it was perfect. It's really well. Oh, yeah. So that's the, that's the, that's our, our, our hero, Commander Rapitsky, who is the inventor of time travel. And the story of the game is that the instant he invents time travel, his future self comes back from the future saying, we've got to save time. Time is being destroyed, and hence uh, they get onto their spaceship together, and action begins. And round up the A team of Super Time Force, and that's sort of the uh, the progression of the game. Is you're visiting various points in time, um, partly to defeat enemies, but also to recruit these new characters to the Super Time Force. And as you recruit them, uh, as you get these new characters, each character has a kind of a gimmick or a power. Kind of a Lost Vikings kind of thing where, you know, some of them, like uh, the blocky McBlockerson, he can block things with his shield. Uh, There's a sniper who can shoot through walls. There's a person with a sort of a spread gun type thing. But there's a lot of more weird ones. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to go back to um, Reagan's favorite game of all time, Freedom Planet, and (laughs) say that, uh, you know, we, we had a long discussion about the idea of a character platformer. Uh, in that episode, uh, kind of a thing that happened in the 90s that doesn't happen too much anymore, where you are have many different options of playing through a single level dependent upon which character you decide. And each character has its own skill set. And kind of the trick to this game is that at any moment, you can decide whichever character you want to be. And it gives a million different ways to play the same level. So this is something that I really think I misunderstood about the game going into it. You know, I understood, okay, it's a game where you can rewind time. And I was thinking braid. I thought, okay, it's a shooter with a braid type mechanic where I can go in and shoot things. And then if I die, I can rewind a little bit and try again. But it's actually much more sort of layered. Yeah, how is that different from any game? Because in any game, if you die in a shooter, it's going to rewind time and you're going to go back. Right. Well, Braid obviously played with that in some interesting ways where certain things rewound and others didn't. And and it played on that sort of um, rewind mechanic being an active part of of your gameplay. And in fact, there was a level of Braid that had exactly this mechanic. But go ahead. Yeah, this is really kind of something different. You know, in, in this case, when you die or at any point that you decide to, you can begin rewinding time and then start again from some point in the past, any point along your your journey. But the version of you that you're rewinding from doesn't disappear. It continues to carry out whatever actions you sort of programmed in. Yeah, it becomes co-op with yourself. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and there's no limit really on the number, well, there is a limit, but the limit of the number of active dudes that you can have on screen at any time is very high. Yeah, Yeah, 30 per level. I have never, yeah, I never reached it, and it leads to some armada-type ambushes on some of the bosses, where you can have 20 of the same thing of yourself just unloading on one boss, and I I thought it was very satisfying, but tricky. 
And I think that's kind of what Reagan was getting to. Yeah, I, I think initially why I, I had a little bit of a hard time with it. And I mean, you know, we there's still a lot to say about the mechanics of the game. It's it's pretty cool. I really admire how you know they. This is something pretty unique, but I I had a really hard time with it because it does sort of rely on you um, being willing to like just abandon runs and rewind. You know, it feels a bit at times like doing a tool assisted speed run where you, you know, are going almost frame by frame or second by second and trying to do things essentially perfectly and then rewinding when it doesn't go exactly perfectly and trying again uh, until you kind of get this one perfect golden run through through a very short sequence mm-hmm. um the tricky part and and i'll just kind of the 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 trick that i found to it and i think the thing that maybe i got early on in the game that was the coolest aspect of the game the limit to the game is not you completing the level i, I think you're probably going to complete the level you know even if you didn't have a million lives you could probably do it you could do it on one life the limit is you've got a timer that's counting down and completing the level in that amount of time is pretty darn hard but when you get to a certain point, you get to those moments where it's really hard and you die or what have you, um, and you can die easily. You One shot, you are dead. But if you can catch up, if you rewind and catch up and save yourself, that self that you save, uh, maybe by killing the enemy that killed you or by going and putting a shield in front of yourself with shieldy Blockerson, <laughs> uh, becomes a pickup that gives you an extra hit point. And so by doing that, you can, you can gather up maybe two or three extra hits, and then you can really charge ahead and make it through a big chunk of the level really fast. That was where I think I ran into a lot of trouble playing this. I mean, I kind of bounced off this game initially when I first picked it up. You know, I tried it, I think, before Shane did. Um, and, you know, it was, it was free. It was on PlayStation Plus. It was on the Vita. I was like, okay, great. I'm going to install this. I'll play it immediately. And I played through about the first half of the of the tutorial, which is a little long, frankly. Like, this game has this, this kind of complex to explain system with the rewind. It's it's pretty unusual. And so it explains it to you in a tutorial level that isn't very fun. The tutorial level is probably the, the one thing about the game that I think they really could be. Yeah, it, it kind of starts off by trying to explain how shooters work. And yeah, like, yeah. Ah, I got it. Guys. Yeah, I got that. And then, and then when it started explaining the time mechanics, it didn't do it all at once. It did it in tiny little chunks. But it still got me very confused. I don't know exactly how to explain what was confusing about it to me, but I bounced off the tutorial level for this so hard that I thought I was never going to go back to the game. And then I was very surprised when I heard Shane was playing and really enjoying it and had even completed it. I was like, really? Super Time Force Ultra? And so Shane convinced me to go back and give it another try. And by kind of having it explained to me, I... I had a lot better experience the second time I tried it. I didn't, still didn't quite finish it because I think I found it a lot harder than Shane did for whatever reason. It's probably because you were playing it on a Vita. Uh, you know, I don't think that's it, but, but it might be. Yeah, I don't know. I found it to be um, challenging, but not necessarily difficult. Like, I, I, I never was stuck at any point. I was able to just, like, to me, it was more like a... Uh, I don't know, Soviet army meat wall, throw as many bodies at the uh, bad guys as possible until you just die your way to the end. And maybe that wasn't exactly the best way to play it, but I, I, I never found myself like going too far back. 
Maybe I would go back five to ten seconds to restart a certain area, but I would just throw four or five versions of myself to kill that wall mm. of enemies, and then I would have a clean path now for my you know shieldy blockerson to just run right through it. You know, I think I probably just approached this a little bit wrong at some points in the game because, like. I think I would get really frustrated when, um, you know, I'd be at some point in the level and I'd lose 10 dudes all in basically the same way, one right after another. And maybe, uh, you know, I'd have wasted a bunch of time, like 30 seconds, which is a lot in one of these levels in one spot. And then I think to myself, you know, I've just done this so many times and it's not getting any better and I'm just going to keep wasting dudes and then I'd reset the level. I think the trick in that kind of a situation that I found was just rewind all the way to the beginning or rewind like substantially because, you know, once you've played a a big chunk of the level so far, you could get uh, you can get to that same point much faster and save all the because if you can get if you can beat yourself your original time to get to that part where you got blocked and lost like 10 guys, you beat yourself there and maybe like throw up the shield or kill that one guy that killed you a zillion times. And now you've got like 15 uh, hit points to like charge and and mad rush the rest of the level. Mm -hmm. You know, I never really approached it that way, kind of like building up hit points and then just sort of rushing past things. I was always taking, I think, sort of taking my time and trying to approach it like, each each little enemy was a little puzzle, and I had to kill each one before I went on. And I think that's probably the wrong way to play this. Well, if there's I a mean, wrong way to you play just it, said, you definitely just said a word that uh, kept popping up to me though was that it it's a definitely a side scrolling action platformer, but it felt like a puzzle game to me. Which character do I play, and what? How do I handle their timeline? Basically, because like. You will definitely play characters who they will die, but that's kind of okay. You know, like his, like this, this version of Shieldy Blockerson, his entire life essence is to go up and put a shield right here so that, um, what's it? The, what's the woman's name who shoots the, uh, laser through the walls? I pretty much mean shooter, I think. (laughs) I think so, yeah. Yeah, okay. Her, like, I had a, a great combination of running a shieldy blockerson, putting up a big shield, and then switching to Amy, who was protected, who could then shoot through the entire wall and just kill anything that was in the way. And it's that, like, tandem where you um, kind of plan the little events, and it doesn't even matter if you don't execute it perfectly every time, as long as two of your, you know, 13 attempts do it the way you want it to, you'll get through it. And I and I find that really satisfying. I, I never really had to restart a level. I definitely had to go back in time sometimes um, because maybe I went about it wrong. But once I figured out, okay, drop a shieldy blockers in right here and then create four of the guy who his super attack is like a wall of bullets, another guy that you start up with, I would just spam like four of those in one spot to just clear the whole area and then I get through it. And I I definitely found it very, very satisfying. And also, I appreciated the fact that most people don't play play this game the same way. You know, definitely. You're you're dead on about the puzzly aspects of this, Nate, because the cool thing is those combo, those character combos, because you're playing alongside yourself 
as you go, you unlock all these like crazy characters that have these really specific moves that just aren't as at first they just don't seem as good. And my initial thought when I got like the Jedi guy uh, was, oh, well, he can hit something like just barely right in front of him. Oh, well, he's not going to be useful at all. But, well, he can throw something that picks up items, right? He throws his sword and it can grab an item. And sometimes that's exactly what you need. I didn't realize he could no. do that. Wow, I missed that. Dang. Yeah, there's all kinds of little... There's there's even a character that you unlock that I absolutely avoided using at all costs because he was a living pile of poop. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I like, just... No, hate, like, literally. Like, like he's, literally. He's like an actual pile of poop. I can't remember his name, <laughs> but he made, like, farting sounds. It was really unpleasant to use this character. And there was, and yet, there was still that very occasional moment where it was exactly the right character to use for the situation. Again, that's the <laughs> level of humor that we're working yeah. with. Yeah. Uh the the speaking of the humor, did you guys get to the Reagan, did you get to the level that was like the the 90s internet level? Yes, oh my god, that oh, was that very was so cool. so funny. <laughs> that was That level reminded me the fight. most of Gunstar Heroes because there were levels in Gunstar Heroes that was like a casino level um where you were moving from like static screen to static screen and like enemies would pile in and that's pretty much what this was except for instead of enemies it was things like dancing baby gifts you know <laughs> yeah and uh nice. that that was just it was so funny yeah the levels were all really clever um the art of the game is also pretty good uh like it's got a pixel art style but it's a very distinctive illustration style that's kind of behind that that like pixel art aesthetic it's not really looking it's not doesn't seem to be like an imitation of of the art style of any particular older game um it has this very mm. sort of I don't know. What do you call that art style? Oh well, I I can first just say that the the company Capybara Games, they're uh, they, they all their games have a really great look. The first game I played from them was Critter Crunch, uh, on I can't remember. I think I started on like PlayStation. It's like a puzzle game, but it's just super cute and really good. And they also did that Sword Brothers or Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery EP. That was mm-hmm. theirs. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, they've got some they've got some good good art in their games. Did you guys play Mercenary Kings at all? Yes, I did. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, I didn't really get too hard into it because it's a long game. Like it, it, it takes a lot of time to really work your is. way through. Well, but. I I think it's a game that like you're not really necessarily supposed to complete. I think it's a game that you're just like, oh, there's a billion missions. I'll just hop on and play these missions, and then I'll be done. But um, I think it's very similar in feel and very similar in uh, design aesthetic, except for uh, Mercenary Kings, while sometimes funny, is not like goofy like this game is. And the design for Super uh, Time Force Ultra is purposefully goofy very, very often. But that like the pixel art, I would say, is of this similar quality. Mm. Yeah, definitely. It, it, they have a they they had a lot of similar feel. I really uh, I liked that game, but I couldn't get into it because I'm I'm too much of a wimp and it was too hard. Well, that was a good game uh, to play with someone. So Molly and I played a lot of Mercenary Kings. Yeah, I know it sort of stood out because it had both uh, local and couch co op that you could do simultaneously, mm-hmm. which is always an amazing thing when they offer it. Like that's like probably the one thing that makes Helldivers uh, such yeah. a, a draw for me. And uh, Mercenary Kings has a deep uh, crafting system, which you don't often see in 
you know, old school side scrolling action shooter platforms. <laughs> True. Yeah, that's one of the things I think that not to turn this into the Mercenary Kings episode, but that's sort of one that's of the things that turned me off about it was that it was I, I was like, okay, I want a new gun now, and then I realized like, oh, okay, so I'm gonna have to get a bunch of components from within these <laughs> levels and and figure out recipes and assemble them, and I was like, oh, I don't have time for this. It it's it rewards someone who takes the time to spend you know spend that time with it in a genre that you generally don't spend that amount of time. Yeah, you normally just hop in and kill a bunch of shit. And Mercenary Kings is like, hey, what if you took these four uh, rabbit hides and added in three pou- uh, pouches of gunpowder? Who knows what you might make? <laughs> and you're like. Nothing, because that didn't work, and now I lost all those materials. <laughs> now, I know, uh, Reagan, you did not finish this game. Nate, did you beat the game? I have not finished it, um, oh, but not out of losers. Well, Nate, I know you mentioned it's not you out really of a lack. Of, the... I, I I really have enjoyed this game. I really I really have. But um, considering you know you, you may or may not have noticed, I haven't been on many of these episodes lately. <laughs> it's, I just haven't had very much time at all to play games. Um, and this is a show about short games, and sometimes you just have no time in your life yeah. for a lot of video games. And I, I do intend, even though, like a lot of times, once we're done no recording excuses, on a Nate. show, <laughs> once we're done recording on a show or on a game, I just kind of like, regardless of where I am, I just, all right, you know, that one's done, and I move into the next game. I do really intend and am going to play deeper. Well, I, I beat this game in uh, two days, and. I was really hungry for more, and the great thing about it is that if you if you liked that sort of puzzly aspect of it, it comes with a hardcore, a super ultra hardcore mode after the main game. Mm-hmm. I think that that's an addition some, in the uh, ultra version. It is, is, it is, yeah. uh, and it has some changes to the game that make it much that emphasize that puzzle aspect much more. So you're going to be replaying the levels. But there's a couple of big changes. The first is just sort of a, um, you know, a ultra badass thing where they, uh, the the characters have a, uh, like a super ultra move that they can do, but it's a suicide move. And the second is that when a character dies, unless you go and save that character, that character is gone for the rest of the level. Ooh. Oh, that would that would not work for my play style. <laughs> so you have to be careful with your with your super useful characters like Shieldy Blockerson. And then those characters that you hate, like the living pile of poop, those are your uh, your suicide characters. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so the game, you can play through the whole thing again. And having just those changes makes such a huge difference because now instead of the only limit on your your playing style being the uh, the 30 uh, rewinds that you get, which is ample for almost all of the levels, um, you're limited to the like 16 or so characters. Uh, so you have to be careful with those characters and it really emphasizes that sort of cooperative save yourself play. And it really also having those big suicide moves 
is a cool way to kind of get out of a jam, uh, but at a cost. So it's a really fun mode. And I'm now about halfway through that. I continue to go back to that game now and then. So I, I really recommend this game as one for that sort of new game plus experience. Awesome. If I ever get to that, I'll make sure to experience it. I do I do really intend to finish this game. I just didn't quite have time to finish it in, in mm-hmm. time for this show. So Yeah, Charge Ahead, the last level is great. Uh, it has some puzzly elements to it also. And uh, the bosses at the end really emphasize the whole uh, strategic working together. So there's bosses where unless you're using the shield to defend yourself while shooting, you just won't be able to, do- to damage the boss, things like that. So... Um, the game gets more and more strategic and more and more interesting as you go along. Yeah, I I really enjoyed this game. I thought the the humor was a little on the nose sometimes, but the yeah. gameplay, <laughs> the, like I laughed, know, uh, but I wouldn't be like you know, it's not it's not highbrow. <laughs> it made me think about um, remember in Guacamelee, whenever they would be like, they would have some really really funny deep seated uh, like cultural refle- reference to like uh, you know Spanish history and then they would follow it up by calling a move the flying derp derp this game felt like an entire game of flying derp derps <laughs> and, and and that's fine like it, it it does a good job with it but sometimes you're just like okay i get it i also am on the internet i've mm-hmm. yes we're <laughs> yeah. all very we're all very funny we're all very snarky oh we also didn't mention the music which is oh, yeah. almost throughout really peppy and fun so even when you're getting annihilated just endlessly, the music is really like driving and peppy and fun, and it's a great soundtrack actually. Yeah, yeah. there's this one song that plays like every time you beat a level, it would show your whole progress through the level over again. Oh, which is and my favorite this, like, feature of the song. game, by the way. We didn't talk about that. When you beat the level, it plays the whole level back to you with all of your actions. But you know what? What took you maybe. 15 minutes to play through was actually only say like three minutes of in-game time and so you see like little swarms of dudes jumping everywhere it's like and sometimes you'll see like a a spot where you really had a lot of trouble and it looks as if suddenly out of nowhere an explosion of little dudes pops out of the air and takes on the bad guy in sort of a swarm and all of them get exploded except one who continues on past and watching the levels after you beat them was really, really satisfying. That was a really Meanwhile, great feature. Meanwhile, the super peppy song is playing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It basically shows your ideal path as well as every not ideal path you took along the way. It's fantastic. So um, I think that about covers this game. Uh, go out and play it, listeners. I highly recommend it. If you got a PlayStation and you're doing the PlayStation Plus thing, you already have it. Um, you might have bounced off the inscrutable intro level like Reagan, or you might just not have tried it. Go ahead and dive in. I recommend it. And let me know what you think. And if you don't have a PlayStation, uh, you can get the uh, Ultra version on Steam, where it's not too expensive. Let me just double check the price. I'm going to guess $14.99. <laughs> you are correct. Fourteen ninety nine, the official indie price point. Oh, nailed yes. it! <laughs> wow, right on. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, if you if you pick this up on Steam, it's got a couple of uh, you know Valve 
specific characters in there. If you pick it up on uh, PlayStation, it's got Shuhei Yoshida, the what's he, the chairman of of Sony. He's he's the he's the VP of um, I forget what the it's the division of Sony that basically is in charge of uh, of entertainment software. I think it's um, Sony Entertainment something or other. But anyway, he's he's a prominent VP and, and very yeah, hands on. Got a couple other Sony guys in there. There's the uh, the the character from Journey is unlockable as a character. This is a really good game for this show. It's a unique, like I, I cannot think of a single other uh, shooter platformer that even begins to employ something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely feels satisfying. It is a complete package. And it's we pretty like, short. You can you can yeah. complete this game if you're like Shane. And Shane's not an. I mean, I don't want to diss Shane's skills, but you know, Shane, hey. you would agree you're not like a an uber gamer with like uh, cybernetic implants or anything. Like you know, you're 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 a pretty typical. Um, you know, no, this is this is all meat. Yep, all all meat all the way down. And and Shane beat the game in a couple of days. I'm probably the oddity here for for having bounced off of it so hard. Uh, Nate clearly was enjoying it and just hasn't been able to complete it because of his upcoming nuptials. Yeah, we play so many narrative-based games on this show. It was really nice to to find a game that was perfect for the show that was an action game. Honestly, like it's games like this that I find myself having the most fun. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I'd love a good narrative like slower narrative game i you know gone home is one of my favorite games that we've done ever just one of my favorite games but part of me just wants to sit down shoot a bunch of stuff and move left to right and do a million different versions of myself and this game (laughs) is is super satisfying because like you know i guess the satisfying thing about it is Every other left to right shooter, once you're dead, you're dead, and you have to pick up from a checkpoint. This is like, let me try that again. But also, my dead self gets to continue on and kill that thing that I was still working on. Or if I need to make 50 of myself to shoot down this door, I can do that too. It's, I, I, I think it's a, it's a very satisfying. Yeah, game. it's, yeah, it's really satisfying, and it totally changes the like, where is the difficulty? You know, the difficulty is no longer in, you know, bullet hell, avoid all the bullets. It's now in a totally different, really novel system about, you know, time management and and management of the number of, you know, bodies you can throw at a problem. It's pretty neat. I guess uh, at the end of every show, we like to talk about what we're playing this week that's uh, not short. And I, oh boy, am I playing something that's not short. <laughs> so I'm going to cut both of you off and just say, welcome to where I was about nine months ago. <laughs> and you guys, you scoffed and you were polite. Don't get me wrong, but you just didn't understand. And I just didn't get it. You didn't get it. And you do now. I got and, the bug. I've been and taken. Shane Reagan, would you please would you please tell the audience what game it is that you've been playing a lot? Destiny, the Taken King. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. It <laughs> it it took us. And um, Ooh, I, I had started nice. playing it a while back because I got the original game, Destiny, without any of the expansions, along with the PS4 when I bought it. It was one of those package deals. And, and um, I actually found myself kind of enjoying it, but you know, I. I I was not, you know, above complaining about its 
lack of coherent plot and I even made fun of you for buying it because I was like Reagan you're the person in the world that hates grinding the most yeah I why really did do. you buy this game yeah I didn't I didn't really buy it I kind of got it for free along with the console and it was like this or like some NBA game and I was like well I guess Destiny's the one um, and then I ended up completing all of the like base game content but at that but I completed it all solo and so at that point I was like I guess I'm done I'm done with the game. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. not going to do anything more. And if I had any one true criticism of the game, because obviously I've played, I've played this game deeply <laughs> for a long time, <laughs> is that they like they have not integrated any sort of um, community building tools and mm-hmm. like looking for group auto. Like there's some matchmaking, but it's always for the lower level content. Um, they just have basically said, well. The internet is cool. You'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. And I, I definitely, I've utilized, uh, there's a ton of, the internet is cool, and we did figure it out. But uh, for the casual player, there are, there's, like you like you were saying, Reagan, like the barrier for entry into the deeper content requires you to go online mm-hmm. and find internet friends and tackle things and just frankly not everyone is comfortable doing that and i think Thank god i have internet friends i would never have gotten this game <laughs> if it weren't for you guys my internet friends i i would never have bought it if reagan had not told me that he wanted to get it and now here i am like way over his level because yeah, yeah, i have an asshole. addictive personality <laughs> and you put something that has little wheels for me to turn i'm going to turn those little wheels well and the only reason i got into it as much as i did is i have uh fortunately i have a group of friends in st louis that uh about four or five people that also play a ton of games and we all got into destiny so i very i very little had to require rely on the online element and I could, we had a set schedule every Thursday. We called it Raid Day. It was a ton of fun. And it is some of the most fun I've ever had playing video games. And that is where Destiny shines, is that if you have the group and if you're willing to like all together have fun and accept the challenge and whatever, it's a really, really fun game. Yeah, it's a, it's a great co-op thing. And I think I... I the reason that I was hesitant when I first got the game to play any of the like, you know, multiplayer content. Like I basically tried to approach it like a single player shooter and it's not a very good single player shooter. I mean, it's, it's fine. Like the mechanics are all there. It's good. Um, but it, there's not much to hold you to it, which is why I kind of quit it after mm-hmm. level 20. Um, but once I, but I was, I was hesitant because I hate, competitive shooters but this is really all co-op like there is a competitive thing you don't have to touch that at all all the really compelling you should, stuff it's fun okay i was sure i, I, I love the crucible like it, but... which is the pvp stuff well, guys, but you i, I, I want to kind of keep this episode short so i don't want us to get too deep <laughs> into this bottomless topic uh but uh i will wrap this up by saying uh, i got a thing on venus that i need a hand with Okay. So, is it the is it the uh, you have to go into the vaulted glass and defeat the? Because I'm <laughs> not also yet. I'm not even ready for that. But oh, uh, you okay. know what? If you want to go in the vault of glass, I'm ready right now, dude. I've done Let's that raid like a thousand times. It's, it's a sidebar. The vault of glass is one of the best designed multiplayer things I think any video game has ever accomplished. That's and, awesome. That's cool. And to hear. and and it's. But it, it requires six people who are all willing to like work together and play a shooter together. Yeah. Um, and that's hard to get. And that's that 
that's like a downside of of destiny but when you have that group and you're all like friends and having fun and making fun of each other it is perfect it's it's one of the most fun things i've done in video games so we're gonna do it we're gonna get in. we are gonna do it and if there's anyone online who plays (laughs) Uh, so other than destiny I, i i haven't been playing anything it's been eating up every spare moment uh, that's why I am way over leveled compared to you, Reagan. But what are you playing? Well, I mean, the big thing that happened for me this week was that I bought a new iPhone. I bought the iPhone 5, excuse me, I keep saying 5S, and that's the phone I used to have, which was still awesome. But I got the 6S Plus, the giganto phone, the one that you can barely fit in your pants. And the fatty. I, yeah, the big phone. And I bought it this time because I, I knew, like, I'm playing more and more games on my phone. iOS has, you know, become one of my primary gaming platforms. And, and, you know, I just wanted something where it'd be really great for games. And the the big phones are great for games, even if they're not so great for fitting in your pants. And <laughs> it's been a really interesting time because I, I there's a few games that I had never gotten around to going back and playing. But I thought, now that I got this large phone, um, maybe now's the time to give them a shot. And so I've been playing the Infinity Blade trilogy, which mm. I... You know, hadn't really thought much of before, but, um, you know, somebody on the Duckfeed Slack, um, thanks, buddy, uh, explained to me something about them that I never realized before. He, he said that they are a great transmedia storytelling thing. And I thought, really? Storytelling? Isn't that just the game where you slash to, you know, you swipe to slash a sword? Yeah, it's like it's like Fruit Ninja, but with knights. Right. I thought they were, it was a game entirely of quick time events. Well, basically. kind of, yeah, but it's actually... It actually, to me, I think it's more like a fighting game in terms of its design, really. But, sorry, go ahead. Game design-wise, it's actually a lot like Punch-Out. Like, you're really, like, you're huh. dodging, you're hitting. It's it's all about timing. Um, and the gameplay is fun. It's nothing absolutely spectacular, but it's pretty fun. Um, there's three games, but in between, there are books and I'm currently reading the books, and they're really good. Um, so in between the first and second game, uh, there's a book, Infinity Blade Awakening, and then in between the second and third game, there's another one called Infinity Blade Redemption. And they're not just random crappy tie-ins. They're written by Brian Sanderson, and he's a big deal oh, uh, fantasy yeah, he's good. novel writer. He wrote uh, Name of the Wind. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so they're they're really good. The, the books are actually great. And they explain the world of the game, and it's actually interesting, and it's made me actually care about these games that I didn't care about otherwise, because the writing is really interesting. There's zero words whatsoever in Infinity Blade 1, and then it slams you with this story in, in, you know, in the book, and then beginning to play Infinity Blade 2, it's actually really, really interesting, even though it's not really plot-heavy, because now I understand the significance of what's going on. So anyway, that's really cool, and also ton of other iPhone stuff. Um, I, I'm playing, um, uh, shooty skies from the guys who made, um, crossy road and it's better than crossy road. If you haven't tried it yet, it's, what? it's, it's, it's better than crossy impossible. Road. Yes. What's it called again? Shooty skies. <laughs> it's a, it's a shooter kind of like, you know, your gradius type of thing. Well, not, not gradius, more like, um, Zevious, like you're, you know, flying from the bottom of the screen upwards, but all of the enemies that you're shooting are like random weird objects like whales or cat videos or iPhones, um, you know, the kind of random little blocky objects. Sounds it's edgy. all in the, in the yeah. same visual style as Crossy Road, but there's a lot more variety because there's a lot of enemies that you shoot and it really nails the controls. It's really fun. So, I mean, that's free. Check it out. Get it. It's absolutely as good as, if not better than Crossy Road. Um, and I guess last thing I would mention is that I, I just today 
noticed that they were doing a sale in the App Store, and I tapped on it, and for 99 cents, they have Legend of Grimrock for the iPhone. And I had no idea that they'd made Legend of Grimrock for the iPhone. Uh, Legend of Grimrock, if you haven't uh, seen it, and there's a sequel now, um, is a very, very old school dungeon crawler. You know, it's it's got a, uh, you know, first person perspective. You can move forward, backward, left, right. I tried that out on Steam and it was really neat. Yeah, it's really, really neat. What's really neat about it is that it's very old school gameplay, but in a very modern engine. So like while you can only move forward and backward by one block, you can look around in three dimensions and all the characters are very beautifully rendered and everything. It looks great. Shockingly, it works perfectly on the iPhone. Like they did an amazing job of implementing this relatively complex PC game on the iPhone. So I totally recommend that too, although it's a much longer game and who knows if I'll be able to finish it. But, um, you know, it's it's definitely working better for me on the iPhone than it did on um, on the computer. And that's my, that's my gaming right now. I just playing too much iPhone stuff. Have you, um, I'm going to jump in on the iPhone train. Uh, have you guys played... A game called Alpaca. No. I have no idea when this came out. Um, all it is is you look at a screen. It's a, a field with an alpaca. And there are several several other alpacas on the screen. But one of them is kind of like Chief Alpaca. And you tap on another alpaca. He runs over, knocks it out. And you tap on its knocked out body. And it absorbs the alpaca. And <laughs> as you... You put it in your pocket, you open it up an hour later, and the screen is full of alpacas again. And oh, my God. I'm looking out. at a photo of this, and it looks, like, terrifying. <laughs> um, this is one of the weirdest games I've ever played. And that's it. You're just knocking out and absorbing alpaca. And as you absorb alpaca, you level up. And I'm okay, currently... I'm, lo- I'm looking at this now. It, so I see two versions of it, Alpaca Evolution and Alpaca Evolution Begins. Which think, is the version that you're playing? I think I'm playing Alpaca Evolution. I can't tell the difference. They seem to be the um, same. And I'm going to go ahead and read you to give you... This is a minor spoiler, but I want you to understand um, kind of like where this game goes. Because as you absorb and, I guess, become more alpaca, you <laughs> your, your alpaca evolves okay and so i'm currently on alpaca level five and i've been playing this game for a couple weeks or i'm sorry a couple days um i'm just gonna read it so far he has been growing more and more ferocious but from here the next stage of evolution begins his initial head deemed useless multiple new candidate heads have formed a transformation of his hardened skin has resulted in a temporary soft flabbiness (laughs) <laughs> Only his legs are functioning, so he attacks by flailing his upper body. And what I'm looking <laughs> wow. at here on the screen is a mass of about six alpaca heads with gross legs. And when you attack other alpaca, it just like falls on him and then absorbs him. And that's <laughs> this the entire game. Strange game. They, uh, this, they have uh, a spinoff, it seems, called I Am Giraffe. The- yep. Looks like it's basically the same idea, it's but the same game. A giraffe, and, and I don't, I don't know if this is like satire on just like the um, iPhone games. You know, you play for here. thirty seconds, put it in your pocket, and play it again an hour later for thirty seconds. But that's all it is. You can watch silly videos to spawn more alpaca on your screen, um, but it's only free and. 
I am horrified and disgusted every time I open it. And I find that that is successful. (laughs) All right. And on that note. (laughs) Gentlemen, it has been a pleasure. Yeah. Going to Venus. Keep that thing oiled, Guardian. (laughs) So, guys, thank you for joining us for another episode of The Short Game. Uh, I am Shane Kelly, at 8BitShane on Twitter. You can find me there and and read my inane thoughts from moment to moment as I retweet whatever stupid thing makes me laugh. Uh, Reagan, where can people find you? I'm also on Twitter, at ReaganK. That's R-A-Y-G-A-N-K. And Nate, where can people find you? You can follow me on Twitter at NateSTL. And you can follow the show at underscore short game because at short game was taken by uh, some short golfer or something. The golf documentary (laughs) about short children playing golf. The bane of our existence. And uh, you guys can join us here every uh, week to whenever we get around to it. Thanks for joining us uh, for yet another episode. See you next time.